Hello and welcome to Boys in the Maroon podcast. Our guest today is Harry Cochran. Harry, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Scott. How are you? I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. I'm coping. We're sort of coming out of lockdown and that. How have you been coping with lockdown? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty boring. I'm sure it has been for everyone. Um, you know, I've just been trying to keep fit and trying to put a bit of weight on. Been, I've ordered all the, the gym stuff and all that. I'm, I'm not great with it, but that's my aim during lockdown, trying to put a bit of beef on and I think everybody can see for my physical side of my game that I'm no, that's not my strong point. So that's what I'm trying to improve on now as well as keeping fit. Definitely. Is, is that something that the, the coaches and that have asked from you? Yeah, I even remember we were in full training. It was what I've been told is I need to try and eat a lot. So I don't, I don't really eat that much. I'm not a big eater, um, and I struggle with eating quite like regularly throughout the day. So when I'm full training, I need to be eating a lot more than what I do usually, and we're not doing as much as I would be training every day. Right now, it's it's a good time for me to try and eat a lot more and put on a bit a bit of weight. So that's what I've been trying to do just now. Well, I'll let you in. So we're we're polar opposites. So <laughs> you can see me on video, so you know that I eat too much. But <laughs> <laughs> in lockdown, I've been baking, so that's what I've been, I've been learning to cook more. So uh, I can't. I've, I've been told by the doctors I can't eat anything gluten and I can't eat anything dairy. So basically, everything that you like, you're not allowed to eat. And I and I love a Greg's. <laughs> I love a Greg's or two. So uh, yesterday and today, I've been on with uh, my speciality has been. Curry in a pasta. Basically, the, the selling point for it is you don't need the bowls and all the rest of it. You, it's in a pasta. You can eat a curry pasta. I'm, I'm, I'm selling it to you now, Harry. So you can eat this. Bad it this morning. Uh, it's not very good, but as soon as I got up, there was a piece <laughs> on the side, so I had it. And it's honestly, it's a taste sensation. Curry in a pasta. <laughs> Sounds unbelievable. Unbelievable. I tell you, well... It is an offer for you, so you don't have to. You don't have to give me an answer straight away. But honestly, if this football light don't work out for you, I'll cut you in on the business. You can be the, the face of I don't know, Curry in a hurry, and and and, <laughs> and <laughs> we'll we'll go with it. I reckon we could just flood the market. There's so many options. I did. What did I do the other day? Sausage. I know Greg's have got this one, but sausage and baked bean. Tell you, if you live with me, Harry, I'd get a stone on you in a week. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Without a shot. We'll need to think about that then. <laughs> definitely an option. <laughs> I don't think it'd be muscle, which the coaches would be uh would be concerned about, but we'd certainly get weight <laughs> on you. What what else have you been doing? So uh listening to music? What what do you listen to? I don't know if you know him, Scott. It's a guy called Polo G. He's a rapper in America and he's just brought out a new album, so I've been battled on that recently. I'll have a look. Tony McDonald gave me a little baby. Uh, he's he's good, similar. So you're not filling me full of confidence now, Harry, because I, I listened to little baby. <laughs> and Tony, Tony did warn me about it, so if it's similar kind of music, but I will spoil my timeline on, on Spotify for you, and I'll, I'll give it a listen. <laughs> I will. I'll give it. I'm very old school, and Tony... Tony surprised me because I, I came out with Stone Roses and things like that, and he said, oh, I've been to see him. Uh, he's at Denny all around. Uh, he likes the concerts and everything. Yeah. I'm not a big fan, but he goes to quite a lot of them, to be fair to him. Ah, uh, good on you. You know, Tony's always getting on to me about watching, is it Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, yeah. The Queen film. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, uh, Queen? Yeah, it's Queen, yeah. Uh, he's, that's, he's always on to me about watching that. See, it's the best film. I think he's been to cinema to see it like three or four times, he said, so. <laughs> uh, it's not something that interests me, to be honest. Oh, you'll, you'll have to... Wait till it comes out free on Sky or something, then you you can you don't have to pay to go and download <laughs> it or anything. I don't know. Gaming, 
because there will have lots of people listening to that who are gamers. I'm not. I can't tell you. Probably Super Mario was the last thing that I ever played. So what, what's out at the moment? <laughs> what are you doing? During the week, I've got a wee bit of Call of Duty, COD on the go. I'm quite good at that. I'm actually quite good at that. And then at the weekend, it's like I've, you play FIFA, but it's a weekend league. So you only get the league at the weekend and you need to try and qualify for net like the weekend after you get rewards and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm playing that as well at the weekend. So go on, I'm getting on a bit, Harry. So basically, this is something that you're online with and you're playing against other people. Play online against just random people and you need to try and get, you've got 30 games, you need to try and get as many as wins as you can. So I'm not as good at FIFA as I'm at COD, but I try my best still every weekend. What, what about the, the rest of the team? Are they, are they into FIFA? Is, is this a popular thing with the team? Well, I was see Liam Boyce actually told me that there was one time I can't mind it was one FIFA he was eighth in the world at one point something like that and we've got a wee PlayStation at Hearts uh-huh. so there's a wee sort of lounge room and every day I walk by he's playing a game of FIFA against somebody <laughs> and I've actually never beat him so he is actually, I kind of believe him yeah once one of the best in the world I <laughs> <laughs> that's some title to have isn't it eight, was it eighth in the world. <laughs> Gee, eight, eight eight good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bigging him up. I'm bigging him up. Oh man. Don't I'd like to say never gamed. So maybe I should. Maybe I should get on it. I suppose at my <laughs> at my age though, my reactions aren't gonna be that good. So I'm probably showing myself up. I don't know. <laughs> when we spoke, we spoke about doing your hearts eleven. So basically players that uh, you've played with whilst you've been at Hearts are sort of picking 11 players and then also picking 11 players that you've played against. So it's sort of the best of. Yeah. So to make it easier, should we do a 4-4-2? Four, 4-4-2 four, 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 is perfect, right? Yeah, I like I like that. It always, as, as I said, I'm getting old. So when, when I see these team sheets and then I see one, two, five, three, and I think, what the bloody hell? Just 4-4-2, four, four, just go out and play a game of football, for God's sake. Uh, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a four four two, and we'll start with your hearts player, and then we'll go on to your best of the rest, basically. Right, so in goals for hearts, I've got John McLaughlin, probably one of the actually he's the best goalie I've ever played with. That's why he's in the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's shot stopping and he's he's kicking when he's got the ball at his feet. He's unbelievable as well. So. I'd actually say he's probably, when I played with him, he probably won us quite a lot of points for some of the crucial saves he made throughout the season. So, in goals, I've got to go John McLaughlin. Not a bad choice. Not a, well, an excellent choice. Fantastic keeper. And I think he's actually up for grabs at the moment, isn't he? Aye, he is actually. Aye, he's, is he maybe out of, out of contract at Sunderland? He is. He is. And... Uh... Yeah, if, if a lottery win comes up, here we go, I'll put it on the table now. If a lottery win comes up, I'll buy him for arts and we'll just put him in there and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put something in his contract that says says if he plays, you've got to play. How does that sound? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we can get. Once once this lottery win comes in, we'll have a word with Alan and see whether we can get that sorted out, see see where we're up to. What's your goalkeeper, <laughs> What's your goalkeeper for the rest? Might sound a bit silly. The only goal I've scored into Craig Gordon. Okay. <laughs> He's the only one I've scored into, but he was he has been for years probably one of Scotland's best goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. With the teams that he's played with and the experience he's got, I think he's he's pretty much a no-brainer. He's got to go in there. 
Definitely. I mean, I've, I've already argued with him and many other good goalkeepers that they've got good players in front of them, so they're going to be good goalkeepers. But in his case, I don't think that washes. I think he's there's times when he's saved on points and he's he's just an excellent professional. So I, I totally agree with you. I totally 100%. agree. I mean, we're going to talk about the Celtic game further on, but when you hit that ball and you're going to say, I knew exactly where it was going to go, Scott, because that's the kind of the player I am. But when you hit that ball... Did you just put your laces through it, or what? What was it? Do you know, people are meant to say that they knew where it was going to go, but when it came to me on my weaker side, I thought there's not much I can do here. I just need to hit it as hard as I can and keep it low. And thankfully, it went in, and I, I think I found Gordon's weaker side. <laughs> so, so we've got we've got it out there that he's got an Achilles heel, and it's on his left side. <laughs> so when we play him again, God, this can you imagine if this came off that we play him again and and you smack one in on the left again with your weaker foot? <laughs> That's it. The guy will just retire. It's just no part. It's a dream. That's a dream. It's just no part in him playing. Everybody knows it now. Everybody knows it. <laughs> Give us your heart's defence then, starting with your centre backs. Centre backs today have went John Shooter because I'd say. I'd say this with confidence that he's the best centre-half in the league with a ball at his feet. 100%. He's, he, I think he'll go right to the top, John Suter. And the other centre-half, I've went Craig Calcutt, just for blatantly the amount of goals that he scored that season just there. And he actually picked us up a few points as well with, with getting forward. Plus, he's an absolute brick at the back. Even when he played with Livingston, he was, he was solid. So put Halks in there as well. OK. Right back. Michael Smith, mm-hmm. he's been, I'd say probably from when I came in, he's been Hart's best player. He's a leader as well. And when he gets on the park, he's got his serious head on. He has a go at me, but I'd say it probably helps me through the game as well. Just knowing that I've got somebody that experienced behind me. And then left back, I've went for the obvious one, Hickey, just because he's he's came in at such a young age. And the thing with Hickey is he's consistently good. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him have a terrible game. He's always either there or thereabouts. So it's got to be Hickey, and he's actually the funny thing with Hickey is that see if you ask him what foot he is, uh-huh. he couldn't actually tell you. He doesn't know what foot he is. So I'd say that's probably why he's he's so good with both feet. <laughs> he's not got a clue what foot he is. <laughs> is that because he don't know his left and right? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he knows his name. <laughs> <laughs> to say, I mean, you can tell us because fans know love to know these. I mean, Smith I've met at Preston Pans Player of the Year, and what a nice guy! What a easy going. We're chatting about his family and just yeah. Like I said, I've met footballers before from Premiership in England and Championship, and you know, the, the, they come in like uh, heavyweight boxers with like twenty or thirty people around them, and you know, and just it's just not good. It's just not a good image. But this guy, he's played in some big matches in his career and he is a, a, a professional and he mixed in a wiki men's club with us all and was just down to earth and I think that's the, the character of the man, just unbelievable. He is, he's, he's an absolute legend and you know, I'm going to tell you something, There's, he scored a goal against Germany and I've never, not once have I heard them talk about it and if that was me, Scott, I wouldn't stop me on about it, that's probably one of the best achievements you can get in football, man, like Scoring against Germany is unbelievable, and I've I've never heard the guy say a thing about it. So it shows how how much he's done, and he's still so down to earth. I mean, he's just that an overall great guy. Be one hell of a chat up line, that wouldn't it? 
<laughs> my I'd name's, love to be able to use it. Uh, my name's Zoe Cochran and I scored against Germany. <laughs> <laughs> How cheesy would that be? But I reckon it'd work. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and regarding Hickey, he does come across as laid back, chilled. You're a mate of his. Is, is, is that about right? Aye, 100%. It's, he's just so unbothered about everything. You know, he, he tries hard. He does give you all, but he's no, he doesn't stress about it. And there was actually one time I was taking him home. For, I think it was after pre season. We had done gulling the uh, beach runs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was taking two of the boys home. So I dropped wee Connor Smith at his house in Fife. Hickey was in the back. And Connor got at the front. I says to Hickey, what? He jumped in the front. And he's like, ah, in the back. He says, nah, I'm just going to stay in the back. Start in the back. As though I was a taxi driver the whole way back to his house. <laughs> like driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> what do you do? Just get he his just, head down. He doesn't care about anything. He just, what's that? Did he just get his head down and have a sleep or something? I went, he went to sleep in the back while I was driving him back to his house. <laughs> God, can you he's probably got that on his CV then, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My staff members, Harry. Uh, yeah, Harry Cochran. Yeah, yeah, he drives me about. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Probably going to take claiming some kind of tax rebate for it or something. I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Go on, give us your best of the rest for your defence. Right back, I went Tavernier. Yeah, I just think he's a good captain, and he's he's a full back that likes to get forward. I know that's that's not really that's actually quite a big part of the game these days, but I think he's. His delivery and everything like that, the things he gives going forward is just tremendous. So I'm going to put Tavernier in at right back and then full back on the left side. I've went Tierney pretty much for the same reasons, but he's an absolute brick at the back as well. You can't, it's so hard to get by him. When I, I mean, when I was playing against him, it was it was a piece of cake for him to just nudge me off the ball. And, you know, I've been told stories about him that he went away one summer and came back the next season just absolutely bulking. So, um, I went for Tierney and at left back, two centre-halves, McKenna, Scott McKenna at Aberdeen, plays with Scotland, good solid centre-half and wins wins pretty much everything in the air. So went for McKenna at the back and other centre-half, Boyata, plays with, been in quite a lot of the Belgium squads and proved over the years that he's, he's good enough to be in the squad. So going to go Boyata at the back. That's some back four of that, isn't it? Really is. How strong is that? It is. I mean, for me, I like coaches that sort of come in and I know being midfield, you're going to go like this, but I like coaches that come in and, and set up from the back. You know, cause I think if you've got a good spine going through the, the team, I know you're going to have injuries and, you know, players moving on and the rest of it, but I do like a, a good, strong back four. That's probably no. one of the best that we've had for a bit. Tell us, you... you your heart's midfield. Centre mid, I'm going to go Arnold Jim. I'd say it's because when I was playing with Arnold, I had so much trust in him because he was so experienced. And even in training, he used to talk me through everything and make sure I was, you know, doing everything right in training as well. So I'm going to go Arnold Jim. I think I had that that sort of connection when I was playing that I knew if I went forward, he was going to be covering him for me. And even if he went forward, he would make sure I was covering him for him. So... I'm going to go Arnold Jim and the other centre mid. I'm going to go Andy Irvin. Might be a bit surprising, young player, but Andy Irvin is 
he's probably one of the most technically gifted centre mids I've, I've ever played with. His left foot is an absolute wand, and it, you rarely ever see him misplace a pass. So he played quite a lot last season, and that was deserved due to his hard work and, and how good he is on the ball. So Andy Elfman and Arnold Jim, centre mid. Left mid, Jake Mulraney, because he's he's probably one of the quickest players I've seen. You know that if you were in trouble and you put it in behind, he would nine times out of ten he would get there just because of how lightning quick he is. And then right mid Don Cowie. When I played with him he was he was quite old. He never trained the whole week. He, he would usually only train like maybe Thursday, Friday before a game. And then when it came to the Saturday, at the end of the game he had run the most out of everybody. It was just it was unbelievable actually. So I'm thinking, how is he near enough twenty years older than me and he's running so much more than me in a game. Another reason Don's got to go in is because he set up my goal. I'll always love him for that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets credit for the assist. I mean, that's just, you, you You see, it's part of the modern game. I was going to say it about your, your defenders in terms of the way that the game's changed. So, from me being a kid. So, if you were a defender, you were a defender. You didn't come past the halfway line unless there was a corner. <laughs> and, and and even then you did it reluctantly because you knew there were a long run, uh, <laughs> a long run back, particularly if it went over your head and you weren't involved in it. So your enthusiasm uh, just basically went. But with players, it's about looking after yourself, isn't it? Because you know if you live I... the, if you live the the wrong kind of life, it's going to catch up with you in your in your career, particularly in your in your thirties. So for him to sort of save himself and then still be able to put a shift in on match day just shows how much he looks after himself. Guys, Don's Don, along with Arn Hughes, are probably two of the most professional guys I've ever seen in my life. Every day in training, they've done every single hang night. I mean, there was a day after training, this is about Arn Hughes actually, after training, and um, it was when like, I was still in the reserve change room and I was on, I had my duties for cleaning up the first team change room. And um, we used to have to go in and, you know, clean up the, the empty water bottles and flip-flops and stuff like that, put them in put them in the lockers. And um, I went on Monday and it was just Arn Hughes left in. And he's, uh, I was putting away the flip-flops and stuff like that. And he says, don't put them away, leave them. That's no good enough. People being so lazy, you know, to put their flip-flops in the locker. And any time that happened put then on, he, was, he would say to me, don't touch them, leave them for them to get in the morning. So I would I would usually get a row off the coaches, but I'd be like, Arn Hughes has stole me. <laughs> it's, it <was> <laughs> it's, fair, it's fair play though, isn't it? Because like I said, I know you're there to do a job, but you know, like, you know, pick your bloody flip-flops up and, and put them away. <laughs> <laughs> God, he was God. another one that was just so so down to earth and he's is he the most British the most capped British player ever, I think he is. Something like that. I'm sure he is, I and you'd you'd never be able to tell. Oh, it's a good... Obviously, it was professionalism and everything like that, but he was just so down to earth. It, it is. It's, it's, it's character, isn't it? It's not getting too big for your boots and just understanding the, the, the basics, basically, of professionalism. Give us your give us your midfield for the rest. I've went for right mid, James Forrest. Mm-hmm. He's an arm one that's lightning quick, so sharp on the ball, and he scores hundreds of goals for Celtic, so James Forrest has got to go in. I've went for another... Centre mid, I've went for might be a, a bit of a surprise, Scott, but Ubuhi Kouassi that played with Celtic. Mm-hmm. I played against him at Parkhead in the 
I think it ended up 5-0 or something the game, but that night was probably, along with my sending off at St Johnson, that night was probably one of the most devastating nights I've ever had in football. It was absolutely horrible. I was just thinking when I was playing against them, I was like trying everything to try and get near him, and I was thinking, I can't, I cannot get near this guy. He's so sharp, he manipulates the ball so well, and it was, along with the rest of the players when I bit him, it was, they were like unstoppable that night. So he's got to go in at centre mid alongside Ryan Jack. He's just, I think he's just overall a tremendous midfielder. He's, he can do pretty much everything. Plus, he's last season he had a great season, scored quite a lot of goals for Rangers. So, and then you're not going to like this one, Scott. I put him on left mid. Don't really want to say it, John McGinn. Yeah, you're a brave man, Harry, but go on. Very brave. Put him in because obviously how well he's doing and at Aston Villa he's proved how good a player he is he's banging them in at Aston Villa and when I played against him when he was at Hibs it was just how strong he was and how well he just shielded the ball and kept it and got forward everything about him is just so hard to play against so 100% I've got to put John McGinn in I can't argue with it I don't for obvious reasons I'm not a fan of his but fantastic player when you watch him it's not just about the goals or his runs and what have you, he's such a professional. He, he actually keeps two or three players busy all game. Aye. So that gives space for for other players. He's just so, so, and even when he played in Scotland, so, so technically gifted. Aye. His left foot's incredible. Yeah. He's probably, along with Ebu Grass, he's the, the hardest I've ever found a game of football. He's the hardest player I've ever played against. Might not be the, the best, but he's... He's the hardest I've found to play against. And then second, it would be John McGinn. Yeah. He was just so hard to play against. Just winners. Like I said, when when you see certain players and they just come across as, uh, I mean, you, you could take, I don't know, Gary Neville and, and people like that. They come across as winners, even when they're talking about the game. And it's something I like about them in terms of when you cross that line, when you put that, sh- that strip on, you put that shirt on, it's business. Okay, I can have a drink with you and I can shake your hand and do everything else that we need to do afterwards in the bar. But for this moment in time, I'm focused on the game. And those players come across like that when you, when you watch them on, on the field. Something I like about you as well, because there is a game for I'm looking at you now and you're a, you're a nice lad. And, you, you know, you come across. But as <laughs> soon as you put a maroon shirt on, it's business. It really is business. And when you get on that feet, right? yeah, definitely. And that, that really does come across in that. And like I said, I think I think as a winner, you've got to be like that. You've got to be like that. And that's that's the one thing I like about your game. That's a, a thing with Michael Smith as well. He's he's the exact same. I mean, he's when he goes in, he doesn't like any of his opponents. And sometimes I actually think he doesn't like any of his teammates as well, Scott. <laughs> and he's a good bit out when you're playing with him. But as I said before, that I think that actually helps you. That makes you want to win the game All even right. more. Yeah. Because, you know, if we don't win, he's going to get on us as well. Yeah. So we've got a full stadium. If we don't win, going to get on us. And then we've got Michael Smith, I know. He's a scary guy, Scott, but he's going <laughs> a good mood. <laughs> so maybe I met him on a, on a good... But that's, that's good, isn't it? It's what you want. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I've said it on other ones, on other interviews, as a, as a fan or as fans... We think that we can play better than any player. 
Uh, we think that we can coach better than any coach and we can manage better than any manager. And, and in reality, it's not true, but it's just that passion. And I think I've got to talk about myself and not the rest of the fans. All I ever want is to come away from a game knowing that everybody gave 100%. And it's not, as players, uh, you can play like Messi one week and be everyone raving about you. And then the week after, have, have a pants of a game. And everyone wants you basically dropped and sent <laughs> sent somewhere else, and that's the reality of the game. You know, every the, the game. Uh, I think it was it was either I think it was Jim Jeffries that said. It, I'm sure it was that it's a you know it's a performance related sport now. You know, right. success. You know, if you don't get success very very quickly, then you're in trouble as a as a manager. So it is it is difficult, but as long as everybody's given a hundred percent, I think. That's all everyone really wants. I mean, I suppose the same with Smith. You know, have you come off and you've given everything? And does he still give you a bollocking? If you lose, aye. He <laughs> <laughs> does not like losing. <laughs> That's probably why he scored a goal against Germany then. <laughs> but I'll tell you something, Scott. If you have a good game, he's he's always first to, to say well done. So, yeah, that's definitely the, the good side of him coming out. Oh, good. <laughs> I've I've never I've never crossed him, but I like his attitude. He, he does. He comes, and that's the kind of people that we want around the club. Give us your heart strikers. Heart strikers have went Naismith up front with Lafferty. Naismith because he's he is the absolute leader of the team. He talks everyone through the game. I'm sure you can you can hear him in a stand. And I know I've been watching games in the telly before, and I can hear him. And I'm thinking, Naismith, shut up, man. But you know, it's annoying. It's annoying when you're watching it on the telly and you can hear him. But see when you're actually playing alongside him and he's talking you through everything he do. He's. I think his first game that I played with him was was Hibs at home. They, they get, did he score that? I'm sure they scored that game. And um, that was the first game I was playing. And I was thinking, wow, man! Like I've not really had anybody that's spoke to me this much throughout a game. It, it, it actually gave me confidence and like. Sometimes when I'm playing, I'm thinking, nobody's really talked to him. I'm thinking, am I meant to be here? Am I not meant to be here? See, when I played that game, I was I knew where I was meant to be every minute of the game because he doesn't, doesn't just think about himself. See, at my age, when I'm young, I'm probably thinking, I'm just thinking about where I need to be. But I think in his head, he thinks he's trying to organise like all the younger ones and telling me where I need to be. So that, that was probably, I'd say that's, I know I never scored, but I'd I'd probably say that's my best game for for Hearts. I think I was I was good that night, pretty much because Naismith was playing. Yeah, I, I know it's your interview, but Tony said the same. So I think Tony's words were, "If I had a blindfold on, as long as they had him at the side of me, I could probably know what was going on around me." <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna if you if you if you're ever in training, put that to the test and video it for us. Put a blindfold <laughs> on him. Uh, see, see, see what he does. But it is. I love that part of the game, though. Like I said, being a being a psychotherapist, I, I I love the sort of the psychology of the game. And you know, when you see him getting in people's faces and laughing at them, they've gone down uh, like they've been shot from the stands, rolling around. You know, like like it's the worst injury in the world. And he's he's leaning over them, pointing at them, laughing at them. I love it. I really do love it. And I love that about your game because uh, you're a talker as well. And yeah, it's. You, I think. I think you've got to do that because there's got to be an edge to it. Uh, like I said, if you're if you're in somebody's, head, you tell me. But I reckon if you, like I said, if you're in somebody's head and you're 
and we'll get on to it with the Celtic. Well, we'll do it now because we'll we'll uh, we'll come back over to the Celtic game in a bit. But that game was, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but probably one of the the best performances in midfield that I've seen in a long time. And and against, and it and it really does great on me to say it because I'm not a fan of his, but a very 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 good midfielder. He's got a lot of experience, and he couldn't get near you that game. So. You've got to you've got to use what you've got in terms of getting in people's heads. Is, am I right in saying that? A hundred percent. It's it's not just the physical side of the game. There's there's a mental side to it as well. And I used to, you know, I used to get a row all the time for not a row of sorts, but I used to always moan at the referees when I was, you know, playing reserve stuff like that. And then when I started playing first team, I get told I can't remember who told me, but I get told don't have a go at the referees. Try and try and make pals on them so they give you more decisions. So now when I'm playing in the games, I try and have a laugh with the referees. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, like, you know, have a laugh and a joke with them. Like, oh, come on, that's terrible. You're having a wee bit of banter so that they're maybe going to give me more decisions and more fouls. Because when I'm up against physical players and men that are bigger than me, I need to, if I'm in trouble, usually I'll just, I'll need to go down and try and get a foul, something like that. It's, for me, it's trying to, to play the game a different way because of my size. And I definitely say there's people been in my head before in games as well, which games that I've not done so well in because of that. So that's 100% a big part of the game, I eh? Definitely. I think, like I said, use whatever. If you can, in therapy, I always say to people, you know, if you do this, this and this, and you get basically half a percent better at the, these three things then that's success. You know, you're actually mm-hmm. moving in the right direction. And I think it's the same in football. Anything that you can get better at, even by, you know, 5%, and then getting in somebody's head and, and basically... That, you, Anton, it is, this is why I want you to in the side and others. You play the game, basically all you want to do is just get forward. So there's, there's, you get that ball and you drive at people. And I, I, I love that. And the fans, the fans love it. If you're picking that ball up and you're in form and you're chatting to people, basically reminding them that you've you've made a real tosser of them two or three times in that game already before. And as soon as you get that ball, that's in their red. They do not want you to run at them because it's in the red. It's This is number four that's coming up now. And, you know, he's putting me under pressure. In terms of Lafferty, so I'm up front now, so you, you don't have to comment on this. His goal return, fantastic. And he's one hell of a player. The only reserve that I ever had of him was same my English club is is West Ham so it's the same that I had with Andy Carroll so you get the big lad up front and then when you're in trouble instead of putting it on the ground you start lumping big balls over to him but I can't argue with his his goal return and his rapport with the fans he never like you like you when you scored that goal uh, for, for Celtic you run to the fans and he was exactly the same because uh, he, he knows what it means to the fans. No, I, I do. I, I love that. I, you know, Scott, people that don't celebrate their goals, like people that don't go mental when they score, I, I don't really agree with that because when you score, it's that's the only goal I've scored and I can tell you it was the best feeling in my life and I would love to do it again, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get to score again. So when you score, you need to make the most of it. Go, uh, me- go mental, go mental. 100% and that's one of the things big laugh done he he certainly ripped it a wee bit 
sometimes. <laughs> but. You've got to do. I got to do. I mean, since coming on, I looked up and I think he's got a month left on his contract at uh, at Sunderland. Uh, so I think he's got a, he's got a month. That's two players that we've spoke about that are up, up for grabs. Uh, but like I said, I can't argue with his his goal return at, uh, at Hearts. Tell us your strikers from the rest. I've went Kenny Miller. I don't know if you'll remember the game at the game at Murrayfield. Yeah. When we played Rangers, he was just he was pretty much like Don Kerry. He was so fit. Mm. He was running off me. I'm I'm sure they maybe scored a goal, and it was it was my fault because he was running away from me, and I was just thinking like I was thinking about saying to him, "Listen, Kenny, please stop running." You're running way too much for me here. Yeah, <laughs> it was killing us. I could, I knew myself that in the game, this is killing us. I'm the one that's, but he just, he never stopped running. And then when he got the ball, his quality on the ball was was unbelievable as well. So put Kenny Miller in there, and then I'm struggling for the next one. It's between Musa Dembele, Morelos. I'm gonna go Musa Dembele just blatantly because how well he's he's doing and how good he is doing at Leon as well and when he was at Celtic he proved that he was probably the, the best in the league at the time so um, I need to put Dembele in there Yeah no, two excellent strikers that I'm, I'm, I'm glad you left Morelos I think Morelos could do with a few sessions with me <laughs> <laughs> So if you could get I mean maybe it's part of his game but I don't know but if you could get in, into his, his anger management <laughs> because uh, uh, I know, like I said, you take that away from some players, it makes them less of a player. But I just think he's too easily wound up. He really uh, is. The, st- the stuff he does is just silly, I think. But the only reason I was maybe going to put him in is because what he does in Europe for Rangers, it's it's actually quite, it helps him through every game, knowing that not so much in the recent times he's not been performing as well as he was at the start. But they know that if they put it through, he was nine times out of ten going to score and it actually won them quite a lot of games so that's why I was going to put him in there but I've, I've went for them barely yeah definitely two great great strikers and like you said not just strikers because even the even the term striker now they, you know they're not like okay oh, you're going to think I'm really old but back in my day you you basically stood there so you stood up front and that was all you did you, you put a goal in one in every two games and everybody was happy <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get away with that now. You can't get you like like you watch Defoe, and you know it's not just about that. He's, he's he's back in midfield. You know he loses the ball up front, and that's the first line of defence. Then he wants that ball back. He's Aye. not he's not going to let that ball travel into midfield and then into your half straight away. He's putting pressure on the ball, and that's the game of a, a striker these days, isn't it? It's hundred percent. It's it's changed quite a lot, and. The strikers that we've had, I think they are the way the the new gaffer's got to play. Stendhal, he's want to he's want to enforce that as well, like pressing so much. And I think that's maybe why I've struggled to to get a game because when I came back to pre season last last season, I wasn't as fit as I should have been, and I think that just triggered that. Yeah, I wouldn't say bad season, but it but alone and everything alone was good for me. But it's certainly not a season that that I wanted to have. And with the new manager style of play, it's for me, during, during lockdown and now, it's as well as putting on weight, it's trying to, to get as fit as I can for getting back next season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is me talking now, so I'm not meaning to put you under any pressure. But for me, I think Hearts have a responsibility in that because for me, you should never have gone out on loan. Uh, you should have been in. So that's just me. That's just as, as a fan. 
I would have loved to have seen you just if you weren't playing, you were in the setup and you were there or thereabouts, like pressing for a place. And I say that about you and other young players. I do like probably people go on about it too much with me, uh, but I do like to see young players come through and some of the interviews that we've done like with uh, Paul Ritchie and that and they talk about being given their opportunity as a young lad and then learning on the game. Jim Jeffries spoke about it. You know, you can't pick a book up and learn to be a professional footballer. You've got to live it. You've got to go through mm-hmm. good times and bad times. You've got to listen to your coaches and like you said, you physically you, you're putting weight on because you know it's going to help your game. That's all part of it. And for all the youngsters, they've got to do that at hearts in terms of not elsewhere. That's just me having a bit of a rant there. That was, that was good therapy for me, that, Harry. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nice to get all that off my chest, but I just want to see you uh, involved. That's what I'm up to. In terms of yourself, so we've mentioned the referees and you like to talk to them. And th- again, this is another rant, so that you don't, you don't get involved in this one. But, and people will crucify me now for this, but... The referee for me in Scotland is probably one of the the, the poorest <laughs> refereed leagues. In, and sometimes I see things and I think, where did where did you get that from? Where where was that decision coming from? And Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved now. Go on, my red card. Exactly, that's where I was going. I was gonna that's go there. Through my head. <laughs> <laughs> where, so, where have you got that decision? <laughs> exactly. So you've had you've had that game, and then the week after. It was well, it was clumsy. I should I shouldn't have dived in, but yeah, I was trying to block. What I was actually trying to do, I was trying to block the ball going up the line. So I've slid in front, and I've maybe just slid a bit too close, and it's obviously no help with the with the fullback jumping about and rolling about screaming. So I couldn't actually believe when he pulled out the red card, and I was thinking, Kevin, what are you doing, man? Kevin, fancy was Kevin, please, and he sent me off and. That was probably my worst, one of my worst days in football when, when I was walking by the gaffer trying not to look at him. <laughs> and then there was maybe 15 minutes to go in the game. I'm sat in the change room. I felt as though it was a 90-minute game, Scott, while I was in there. And then absolutely dreading the gaffer coming in. I mean, I've, I could have just lost as the game. I think we maybe drew the game at the end. And um, when the gaffer came in, he said to me, you'll learn for it. You're still young, you'll learn for it. So I think I kind of... I got away with one there. And to be fair to myself, I've not been sent off again, so <laughs> the gaffer was right. <laughs> exactly. It's got a that walk of shame, <laughs> isn't it? Like I said, you're going past fans that are golding you, and then you've got to go past your, your own coaches. Is there any, you can let us in on this now, you're walking past them, and you've kept your head down so that you don't have to have any eye contact with them. Is, <laughs> does anyone say anything? Because I, I can just imagine this tension as you're going past. It's got to be. I was actually, I was trying to keep my head down. And uh, when I got to the gaffer, I, I had my head down and I, I seen his hand coming out oh. to shake my hand. And I was thinking, he can't even, surely he's nobody to shake my hand after I've just been sent off. And he, he actually did, he shook my hand. But when he shook my hand, I kind of, I thought, I need to say something to him here because he's going to think I'm an idiot getting sent off. And I was, I said to him, he's an idiot. That's never a red card. And then just walked in the, in the dressing room. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with you. I, I mean, I was left like that at, at, at the time. 
Go, we're going to take you back a week before that then. So basically, I mean, what was it? Was it 96 and 98, the record that you, I think it was 96 that, that you broke. So in terms of setting you up for the game, that's got to be a big incentive for the coaches to say, listen, you know, go out there and play your own game. But this is on the line. We we can make a name for ourselves here. Was that part of the, the setup for it? It was spoken about, yeah, but it, was, it wasn't really their 69 games undefeated, like, Take it easy. It was more their 69 games undefeated. No pressure at all here. Go out and just... We actually had... The game plan was... They played Anderlecht, maybe? And the... I can't remember if it was Champions League or Europa League before. And we actually watched videos on them and we got stats to the game. They're running stats and they had all ran. Like, every player had ran over 10k in the game. And uh, they said to us, the whole training through that week was, don't think about going to press. Just go. Like, don't worry about what's behind you. If he's got the ball, run at him, press him. And actually, it worked so well that day. I don't think Celtic really expected it. With a small park and everything, Tynecastle was quite wee. It was it just worked an absolute treat on the day. It looked like they didn't know what had hit them, to tell you the truth. that You could just see players basically looking around at each other. Because, yeah, they, they I mean, the fitness part of it sort of helps, doesn't it? But, yeah, they just, they looked around despondent it's like it was like you just took every every bit of wind out of the sails it, it was it was fantastic to watch <laughs> it was even better to play in Scott I'd imagine <laughs> it was unbelievable it was just honestly it's, it'll be the best day of my life I think for the rest of my life well you put the goal in so I, I don't know if, if it was me I'll never get a chance to score for arts so but if it was me <laughs> if it was me I think that boat sailed now Harry it's gone <laughs> do you know what you're going to do when you I think of certain players and certain players have certain uh, celebrations do you have a celebration in your head or was you know you hit it and you just do what you did you know every night before a game you, I like well I don't know about MDLs but I, when I'm going to my bed I'm thinking picturing stuff in my head like I'm going to score this is going to happen I'm going to score and then I think of a celebration it came to it I'm a pee heart Scott I did not know what to do. <laughs> I blacked out. I, did, I just started running about mental, and I can all I can remember is getting pulled into the ground, pulled to the ground for a big laugh at me. And then when I was walking back to the centre, I seen my dad and gave him a wee fist pump. So I did have a celebration plan, but it didn't go to plan. <laughs> got it. Your dad's got to be so proud of that. I mean, I, I, yeah, just to have your son sort of look up and just go look at that. Look what I've just done. Uh, it's, honestly, it was unbelievable. He's he's not really said that to me about it, but it was. I know where they sit, so I know where my my parents stuff like that sit. So it was, it was my dad and my agent at the time, and I looked up and I could see them both going mental, and I was just I thought I'll give him a wee fist pump so he knows that I've seen him. Be on with it. But yeah, I mean, d- different players do that. Uh, I know uh, Antonio down at uh, West Ham. That's his sort of. He, he envisages the game, and you know, you know how, it, how it's going to go, and goes through it. And yeah, it's it's for me. It's something I do in therapy as well. So it is. It's a good way of approaching it. But uh, it is one for you. Seeing that you're bulking up, so you this this is very good on radio, like. But uh, basically, you know, like the strong man. So you know, you've got it. You can do the pose. Aye. Yeah, you've you've got it, and then boom, the the Hulk. You've got it. So. <laughs> try, try, <laughs> try that one so you'll you, you be on it and like I said if you come and stay with me for a week you'll have plenty of weight on you so <laughs> you, you, you've got it there 
Uh, tell us, so sort of leading up then, so we don't know where we're up to in terms of leagues and that, and we're not even going to go there with it. Uh, there's a lot of talk on social media about that. But in terms of your sort of hopes and dreams for the future, I love seeing you in a maroon shirt, as do many other fans, and it comes across that you love pulling maroon shirt on and playing for the club. What's the future all for us? Honestly, I just want to be back in the team and you know trying to consistently get a game. It's obviously been tough for me the last last few seasons, but my, I try not to look too far in front. And right now, my main goal is just to go back next season and be as fit as I possibly can be, get as you know as much power in my legs as I can, and and go back better than better than what I have in the past, and hopefully get back in the team. Definitely, definitely. And as you were doing your midfield for Hearts, I'd have put you in. So you're a very, very humble guy for not putting yourself in there, because I would have done. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd have put me in if I'd have been doing it. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly the same from me. Uh, so we'll forget about the other youth for the time being. Uh, for yourself, like I said, you're the kind of player that we need. You're the kind of player that uh, needs to be part of the future of Hearts. No point in going out spending money or giving wages to other players. We've got yourself in the club and we need to start backing you as far as I'm concerned as a fan. Harry, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Scott. I appreciate it. No, no. Thank you. Uh, Wonderful. I I loved it. I loved it. We've been the Boys in Maroon podcast. Uh, Please listen to us and our other interviews on Apple, uh, Spotify, and you can also listen on theboysinmaroon.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Ari, thank you again. You've been an absolute star. Just Scott. Thank you. Thank you.